Hi, I'm David Spears, host of Insiders, and our new podcast, Insiders, back to you. Now, every Friday, a couple of other ABC journalists and I answer your questions about the latest news and the things about politics that, well, have always puzzled you. This is your chance to set the agenda, tell us what matters to you. Please get in touch via the ABC Listen app or on backtoyoupodcast at abc.net.au. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people and from the budget lock-up in Sydney for this special episode of ABC News Daily. I'm joined by our business editor, Ian Verinder, who's been pouring through the budget papers to give us his analysis of Labor's first budget. Ian, at the end of March, when we were in this room for the pre-election budget, you described it then as the hot chocolate budget. Everyone was a winner. My gosh, how things have changed in just seven months. There's barely a marshmallow in this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you, do you remember uh, the budget a couple of years back where Josh Frydenberg announced well, back in black? And I think he had mugs printed at the same time. You could buy them for $35 each, back in black. And uh, the ACDC song was running hot. Well, there's probably a new ACDC song you could uh, attach to this budget, which would be Highway to Hell. Mm, why is that? Well, if you look at the, I guess, the forecasts that were made, particularly just before the election, What's known as PIEFO, which is pre-election, essentially, uh, year forecasts, economic forecasts, they essentially showed that the economy would fix the budget problem that we have, that the ongoing deficits would shrink over future years until finally, well, it was going to be about a decade or so, but Mm. finally we would get to a point where it was almost negligible and then obviously the idea was they would get back into the black. Mm -hmm. But um, this set of documents here essentially shows that the budget deficit will continue on and never improve. Mm. Never. 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 Not ever. over the next four years at least. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it's flatlining. So you would expect that that was going to continue. Mm, that sounds uh, pretty dire. Yeah. And I guess the question that needs to be asked is do you want to have all the services that we're providing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, how are we going to pay for them? Mm. Because you have to fund it somehow or other. And at the moment, the way we've been funding that shortfall between how much money we pull in and how much money we spend on providing the services is being funded by debt. Each year that you have a deficit, you're adding more and more debt. And the problem that we've got now is that interest rates are no longer in decline. They're in decline for you know the best part of half a century, really, over the longer term. And um, now they're on the way back up. And so what one of the big blowouts in costs is the cost of servicing the debt from the deficits we've had in the past. And the longer we have deficits, the more you add to that debt. And so debt as a proportion of GDP ends up growing and growing and growing until you get to a critical point, as the UK has just discovered. Mm, gets harder to pay off. So Jim Chalmers, he's been on his feet in the parliament. He used the words responsible and sensible quite a few times. Speaker, this is a responsible budget that is right for the times and readies us for the future. 
It delivers on the priorities of the Australian people. Responsible is a word used in the budget papers more than 60 times. So he's got a pretty... You did the search, obviously. (laughs) That's a clear message there. Uh, Yeah, well, is it responsible? Because you'd have to say that if you've identified this problem, um, why wouldn't you take some action to try and alleviate it now? Because the quicker you get on top of these kind of problems... The quicker, not just the quicker you solve it, it, it doesn't get out of hand, you know. And it, there's something that needs to be done and done fairly quickly. And I guess this is where the um, contest between politics and economics really comes to the fore because this government has just been elected. They've been elected on not raising taxes mm-hmm. uh, and they don't want to be seen to be, you know, coming in and, you know, being accused of being the same old Labor government. You're raising taxes, you're making everybody pay for more. But what's the alternative? You either continue to deliver the services that people require and demand uh, and rack up debt to do so, or you cut the services or you raise taxes. There's, there's only three alternatives there, you know? Speaker, Australians know that a complex combination of challenges at home and abroad is pushing up the cost of living. They know that governments can't make inflation disappear overnight. And they don't need us taking steps that would just make the problem worse by putting even more pressure on prices Ian, I want to talk to you about the cost of living because I guess most Australians will want to get a sense from you what this budget tells us about the year ahead or the years ahead. The cost of living has gone up. Energy prices, petrol prices, food prices, interest rates, rents. They'll want to know when will those things start to go down? There's no indication in this budget of when they'll start to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, nobody really knows. No one knows what's going to happen in Ukraine. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Russia. Nobody knows what's going to happen with China and Taiwan. Um, you know, there's a whole range of unknowns out there. The temptation would have been for a Labor government in particular mm. to hand out a fair bit of money in this budget. They've just come into power, handed out... You know, they've, they've said, look, we made a whole lot of extra cash uh, because iron ore prices and coal prices were, were you know, extraordinary levels mm-hmm. um, and to hand some of that back. And that might have been a, a, a nice little quick fix, but ultimately it would have come back and hit those very same people in the neck. The people who've been really labouring under all of these extra cost pressures mm-hmm. because the Reserve Bank would have pushed interest rates higher. Mm-hmm. So they've been, I guess, responsible in doing that but they haven't actually gone out of their way to do anything about fixing that underlying problem where we simply spend way more than we earn. Mm. What does it show us, this budget, on inflation? Are we going to see further interest rate rises? Well, it does show... Well, it projects, I guess, Mm. that... uh, inflation is going to come down. But, uh, you know, by the same token, the previous government, you know, showed graphs that said uh, the deficit was going to fix itself mm. and it just didn't and it, and it won't. Mm. So, you know, you would hope that inflation will start to come down, that perhaps, you know, America's really quite strident battle against inflation does pay off before mm. it tips the world into a global recession. I mean, you know, a global recession means that interest rates probably will moderate because otherwise, mm. um, you know, you make the, the situation far worse. So, look, there's no easy answers to any of this. You, you don't seem to believe 
the inflation prediction or you're saying that they can't really tell what's going to happen with inflation. They're predicting that it's going to peak at seven and, and three quarter percent later this year. Mm. Then it's going to start to come back down to three and a half percent by 23, 24, but not back into that RBA target range of what two to three percent for a while yet. Look, predictions, you know what, you might as well just get a dartboard and throw a dart at it because, right. you know, if you go back and look at the RBA's predictions, the Reserve Bank's predictions on everything from uh, employment, uh, inflation, wages, I mean, every single year they've got them wrong. Mm-hmm. Not just be a little bit out. I mean, hugely wrong. A Treasury, exactly the same. I mean, look at the Treasury forecasts, the ones that, that this budget is comparing them to. They're only a couple of months old mm. and they're incredibly wrong. So, you know, to make predictions two, three, four, or 10 years out, I mean, you know, it's it's a nice academic exercise, but it doesn't actually deliver anything, you know. So is Jim Chalmers going to do that politically tricky thing, which is changing the tax system and taxing people more? At some stage, he's going to probably have to convince everybody that being a responsible economic manager doesn't mean cutting taxes. Mm-hmm. It actually means, you know, spending what you can afford to spend. And if that means that those stage three tax cuts either have to go completely or at least are modified, then that's what's going to, have to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked him about tax reform and he said, well, it's, it's going to be part of the solution at some stage. I think tax needs to be part of the conversation going forward. Uh, and as I said, I think in response to one of the earlier questions, Uh, What we've done in this budget is we've built a foundation uh, of a more sustainable budget, but there's more work to do. Mm. There has been some spending, of course. We've seen some spending on paid parental leave, election promises, childcare, for instance. There's some money there for new homes. There's some money for new medis- for mm-hmm. medicine, medical costs as well. Um, so, But these are all things. I mean, they're, they're, this is quite clever in a way because he's basically giving something out and he's saying that these are productivity enhancing, so they should help economic growth, mm-hmm. uh, which should shrink your debt down the track. And they also aren't inflationary mm-hmm. as such. So he's done things, a couple of little things that will help rectify the situation without making inflation worse. Another another area that could be could have been looked at, which hasn't been looked at, is energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a couple of companies, multinational companies, making huge amounts of money out of exporting Australian gas, particularly out of the East Coast. And this is costing Australian households and Australian businesses enormous amounts of money. And it's driving our local inflation problem. Mm. Now, you could do something about that, but the government seems politically a little timid at the moment. They've just come into power. They don't want to be seen, I guess, to be uh, making knee-jerk reactionary decisions. And so they've, they've just ignored it. All right. So, Ian, we've gone from a budget where everyone was a winner at the end of <laughs> March yeah. to this highway to hell budget, rolling deficits, no end in sight. There'll be another budget mm. in about six months' time. What will we see then? 
Um, I think you'll probably, in the meantime, he's now laid the picture out about where we are mm-hmm. in terms of the fiscal position. It's been, I guess, the mantra of um, trickle-down economics in, to a large extent for about 40 or 50 years, where you know Western governments have said, we are going to tax you less. We're going to have a speed limit on taxes or whatever it is. It's always been tax reform is about taxing less and less. And everybody loves tax cuts, but everybody continually demands the extra services and they want the government to provide services. And, you know, at some stage, some politician, and maybe it'll be this government, uh, has to come it has to be truthful with the public. You know, you just can't promise tax cuts forever and increase services without doing, without you know, ending up in disaster. There's a lot of areas that are going to require spending. How are we going to fund that? Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. The budget has the deficit for the 2022-23 financial year at $36.9 billion. It contains real spending growth over the forward estimates of 0.3% a year. This special budget episode was produced by Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.